Well, hello everyone. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are. And uh, we'd like to welcome you once again to Quantum Nurse live stream. And uh, thank you for all your support for this one-on-one -on -one that I do, and as well as the group, the teamwork that I do with other podcasters from around the world. And so thank you. And whatever resonates to you, please remember, like it, share it, subscribe, and you'll find this post Facebook. You will find this also in um, BitChute, Rumble, and other platforms, okay? All right, and today we would like to welcome Dr. Sharon Bogue. And oh, did I say Bogue? Is that the right one? Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Joke, yeah. Joke, <laughs> joke. So I'm, I'm glad suddenly I like, oh, something is off in this one. Yeah. Pick that up. Right, so Dr. Sharon Jogue. And um, let me tell you a little bit about her, and she'll tell us more about herself and why we should pay attention to her okay and she's a different podiatrist let's just say that she's the second podiatrist whom i know that is in the health and wellness and i'm glad i'm glad so dr sharon joe attended you attended uh, st john's university and graduated in 1998 with a bachelor of science degree double majoring in biology and chemistry you attended the New York College of Podiatric Medicine and graduated with a Doctor of Podiatric Medicine degree in 2002. And she completed one year of podiatric medicine and one year of surgical residency at Metropolitan and Lincoln Hospitals in New York City. I'm a little familiar with Lincoln Hospital because I that's my, that area was the first five years of my practice here in the United States. Ah. She then completed a second year of surgical residency as a chief surgical resident in 2005 at Passaic Beth Israel Hospital in Passaic, New Jersey. So then Dr. Sharon, she, you have adapted to a holistic medical practice using natural remedies when possible. And with this understanding that helping your patients in achieving optimal foot health goes hand in hand with overall well-being see see folks listen to that okay she, she's the doctor who doesn't compartmentalize divide per, uh, her patient's body so you also have achieved a certification as a health coach at the institute for integrative nutrition in 2014 and that's again something that she and i have in common i had my 2012 we were the last uh live okay for for the certification and then after that they were doing mostly online and she you have a deter uh, you are also a deter essential oil specialist since 2009 and you have been using this knowledge to help your patients to achieve optimal health using conventional as well as natural remedies so in if you want to get in touch with her she has a facebook page um called lifestyle changes for health and happiness facebook page in 2009 and also an instagram account and she has healthy recipes and creative ideas for lasting change and she's so passionate and we met in a, a 
little um, conversation or presentation that I did in a senior place or and so that's and she entered and I said who who's this young lady and you say yeah, she's humble because she never really like went there and say hey I'm a doctor I'm a podiatrist she was just amongst all the other people so she is herself very authentic and you can see that she is in the journey of gaining inner peace and balance. So thank you and welcome. And so go ahead and if there's anything more on what, who, who is in your family that who influenced you to go into this journey and what, what was your big aha moment that said, oh man, I have to think about this foot thing. <laughs> and while you're doing that, I'm going to correct your banner. Thank you so much for what a great introduction, Grace. I really appreciate that. And thanks for inviting me to be part of your podcast today. Like Grace said, I met her at a talk she was giving at a senior community um, about the self and really realizing um, how we are creators of our own world and our own reality. And um, so today I wanted to kind of talk to everyone about um, really everything to do with self-actualization, understanding that we can do anything if we really set our minds to it. So I want to share with you a little bit about myself and how my idea of lifestyle changes for health and happiness got started. So as Grace said, I was, I'm a podiatrist. I'm working in New Jersey now, part-time. And I used to own my own practice for 17 years. And while I was working at my business, I came across people of all ages and all walks of life. I, and during those 17 years, I had thousands and thousands of conversations, as you might imagine. Um, my focus has always been on the body as a whole, even though I was a podiatrist and I was focusing on the foot. Once the foot was healed, and even during that healing process, I wanted to work on understanding the underlying problems of all of my patients and what they were dealing with. So let me give you an example. And this is only one example, okay? I had a patient who had heel pain, and that's pretty common. A lot of people come in with heel pain. But she couldn't get rid of it on her own, so she came to see me. Through my conversations and visits, we got to know each other. And all the treatments I could think of, they were not helping her. Then during the course of the visits, I found that she had a mom at home that she had to take care of who was really sick. She was working at a job from six in the morning to eight o'clock at night. And then she had to come home to take care of not only her mother, but a sick pet at home. She was also going through a lot of life changes, you know, changes with her marriage, changes with her kids leaving home. And she started gaining all this weight. And she was gaining weight quite rapidly and she felt exhausted and tired all the time. Now, she was clearly, as you can imagine, she was juggling way too much. She was on her feet most of the day. And while listening to me, you're, you're all probably thinking, well, why doesn't she take time off? Why doesn't she get some help? Where's her family? And you know why you're thinking all these things? Because you're not in her shoes. You're not in her situation. And when you are in that kind of situation and you're immersed in your life and in your situation, it's really hard to step aside and to look at the big, big picture. And I feel like that's where balance comes into play. You really need to take a look at the big picture. So I helped this overwhelmed woman work through attaining her balance and finding the time for herself. And, you know, Grace, you asked me what, um, you know, what made me go into this holistic lifestyle is because I realized that as a podiatrist, I didn't have the tools that I really needed 
to help my patient because no matter what I did, it wasn't getting rid of her heel pain. So I needed more tools. And that's when I enrolled in the health coaching program at um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And it not only gave me the tools to help my patients, but it made for my life to be more enriching, my experience as a doctor to be more enriching. And now I could very easily ask the right questions and understand the bigger picture of what was happening in my patient's life. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is when you feel like you're overwhelmed in a situation or your life is turned into this hamster wheel and you're just going and going and going, it's important to create a balance in your life. And, but how, right? How is the big question? Um, like when I first met Grace, she talked about um, what the fact that you already know what to do. You already have those answers and they're inside yourself, but you have to remove all that noise in your head and noise in our lives. Like our lives are so noisy. There's so much going on all the time, all around us. If we have little kids, you know, they're in our life, our work, our friends, everything, our cell phones, our television. So you have to find time for yourself. So if you have little kids, you want to find time when they're asleep for yourself. You know, if you're swamped with work, you wake up half hour before, make time for yourself. Once you have this time, then you can find your space, like space for just yourself. If you have space outdoors in your backyard, if you wanna take a walk in your neighborhood, find 20 minutes just for you. And you set an alarm on your phone if you can, if you have time constraint, but don't keep looking at your phone. Just take that time, clear your mind, look at the things around you. Um, for me, the best way is um, to connect with nature. And I know Grace has talked about this in the past too. Nature is so important for all of us. Uh, for me, I have a backyard and a deck. I sit out on my deck all the time. I listen. I keep quiet and I listen. I listen to the birds, the insects, you know, the sounds around me. Sometimes I hear my neighbors. I see you take a walk around your block. Um, you just listen. You, that makes you clear your head. You're not thinking about work or you know, your marriage or anything. You're just clearing your head. And this is really the first step to attaining that balance. And like Grace said, it's the answers that you're looking for is in you. It's in your mind. You just have to allow your brain to relax enough so you can see clearly and see what to do next. I'm glad you mentioned those points, okay? Because uh, nowadays we find it easier, quicker to find a reason not to do certain things, okay? So it could be reasons and others will say, oh, those are just excuses. But I guess if, uh, you know, when when you as a doctor have seen that, oh, you know, you're, you're, the person is coming to you for they know you're a podiatrist, but you're seeing the bigger picture and that's, really quite uh, interesting that if each of us can do that. Now, let me just example, uh, find this scenario to you and maybe you could, I could hear from you how you begin that conversation with that person. So a person keeps coming to you and that person has, let's say, always have that um, ingrown nails, okay? Ingrown nails, whether um, especially like for older, but sometimes younger one too. And they just keep coming. And I, the picture, of course, everyone knows they go there because they 
that the podiatrist has all those good tools. But what is that in those toenails that is in relation to what we do, what we eat, how, you know, things like that. Go ahead, share it. So, you know, when someone comes in with an ingrown toenail, as a podiatrist, it's an ingrown toenail. You look at it, you ask, how did you get it? Did you injure yourself? Um, what kind of shoes are you wearing? And you take a look, you know, you're always observing as a doctor. When someone walks in, you're watching their gait, you're watching how they walk, if they're limping, if they're walking, you know, with a normal gait, if they're a little, if they're, how their bodies are structured, are they obese, are they not obese? Are, you know, when they come into your office, you look at their shoes, are they worn on the outside? Are they, are they brand new shoes? Um, all these things matter. So. If they're new shoes, it may be that they're getting ingrown toenails because they're they're new, they're, they're new shoes. And so you're looking at little things that give you a hint of what's going on. If they're old shoes and you say, when was the last time you got new shoes? How long has your ingrown nail been going on? And one question leads to another and you start asking more detailed questions like, you know, um, once I take care of this nail, how are you gonna take care of it? I give them, um, you know, things to do at home. You need to soak it. When they come back for a return visit is really the key. So when they come back, I say, what have you done? Did you did they follow what I asked them to do? If they didn't follow, why didn't they follow that? Then they will start telling me, oh, well, I didn't follow that because, you know, work came up. I have my kids. I have this. I have that. I didn't, I forgot to take the antibiotics that you gave me. Now I have a bigger infection than I started out with. So this gives me a clue as to how their life is going on and what is actually happening in their lives. And, you know, you don't have to really ask detailed questions. You just kind of are very observant. You be observant and you see how they follow through on different things and especially on details of what you ask them to do. If they actually follow through with it, then you know, okay, they're in balance. They understand what's happening. But if they're not, their life is imbalanced and they're not following, they're not taking their antibiotics, something's wrong. So, you know, I know you asked me about eating and, and all that. How do I get to that? A lot of times the conversation will drift to that. If they tell me their medical problems, they have diabetes, a high blood pressure, cholesterol. Um, sometimes they come in with other issues instead of ingrown toenails, they come in with um, painful big toe. A lot of times um, it's gout. It's related to what they're eating. Um, so that conversation leads, one thing leads to another. And a lot of times I get into a conversation of what their diet is. And that's one of the main things I talk about when I, when I coach people in my health coaching is we talk about eating. And, you know, I went to the Barnes and Noble the other day and I was looking at the magazines. There's so many magazines out there. There's gut health, um, healthy eating, healthy lifestyle. I mean, all of us are getting bombarded with all these things of how to eat well and how, what to do and what not to do. And I'm not going to bore you with all that because you already have that information in your head and you can find it. You can Google it and find it. What I'm here to tell you is that mindful eating is another important tool for creating a health and happiness in your life. So what does it mean? What is mindful eating? So mindful eating is really focusing on your food when you're cooking it at home, when you're ordering at a deli or a restaurant. First, think about how you're feeling when you start to cook or when you're placing your order at a restaurant. Are you hungry? If you're not that hungry, don't order a big giant sandwich with fries and all that stuff. Um, you know, if you are hungry, you have to think about 
the fact that whatever you order is going into your mouth. Um, you know, make sure you're not eating just because your colleague is eating. You're not social binge eating. You know how we're sitting there with our friends and we're popping the chips constantly. I mean, I understand once in a while you're at a party and that happens, but mm -hmm. this for a lot of people happens daily. When you're watching television, you have your bag of chips next to you or popcorn or whatever. So mindful eating is thinking about what you're eating. And the first step is to decide what you want. Okay. When you start to eat, put away your cell phone, put away your the television. And I'm challenging you to do this. Put away your book, just eat. It's a challenge. And I, I know in today's world, this is unheard of. Like who just eats? It's like ridiculous. But take a bite out of the food on your plate and just chew it and close your eyes and chew every single bite. Think about the flavors and the taste in your mouth. Think about the textures of the foods you're eating. Savor the aroma. Enjoy your food. You know, your sense of smell is a big part of your taste. So enjoy that process and do it over and over again with every single bite until you're done with your food. And this way of eating will not only make you more mindful of what you're putting into your body, but it will also slow down the pace at which you eat. So you're not like, you know, hoarding all the food all at once. Once you feel full, stop eating. Remember, this is not the last meal you're ever going to eat. You can finish your food later when you're hungry. And so creating the space for yourself while you're eating is another way to clear your mind and truly, truly enjoy your food. Creating a healthier and happier lifestyle. That's, that's what's really important. That's another step. Yeah, that, that mindful, that word mindful is just really like a, it's something that we really have to practice for it, all of us, even the kids, right? All, and it's it's hard enough for the, for the adults and harder, I think, for the kids, but the children will learn from us. Now, I, in, your, in the mindful pract eating practice that you know of, um, would you recommend like to even sort of like make a decision or feel what your body may want to eat before you, let's say before you cook or before you order? Because I ask that question is because sometimes if we don't make that decision, it's like when you see the whole three pages of menu, like suddenly like you might order a lot of food. So what do you think of that? Yeah, that is, that's a good question. That's very confusing. And I know I love food and my, my family loves food. We just eat and eat. And especially if we're in a good restaurant and you know, all, all of it is just so good. <laughs> so I'm not telling you not to order it because food can also be, you know, it's fun. It's like, a, it's a nice thing to do, but you don't have to finish every single thing that you order. So let's say you're going to a restaurant after, you know, a long time and you really want to order three or four things on the menu. I mean, if your body's craving and you really want to do it, life's too short. I'm not saying not to do it. I'm saying you don't have to eat all of it, you know, eat a little bit of everything and save it, take it to go, put it in your refrigerator. You can have a meal, you know, the next day. A lot of times, remember the meal tastes better the next day because it's sitting in the spices or, or whatever. And it's, you know, it gets more savory. So keep that in mind. But 
Um, what I want to give you are two foods you can start with that you should have in your home at all times, at all times. And I won't give you a list of things you should eat and shouldn't eat and all that. That's that's boring. But I do want to tell you about two foods you really should eat. You should keep in your pantry. So two foods. One is vinegar. Vinegar. You should always have vinegar and not just any vinegar. You should have vinegar with the mother. And I'll tell you what that is in a second. And two, you should have turmeric in your pantry. So let me start with vinegar. There are two types of vinegar. There's regular apple cider vinegar and there's vinegar with the mother. So what does that mean? <laughs> um, it means that vinegar has a bacteria in it when it says the mother on it. And that's bacteria is produced during the fermentation process of creating vinegar. So this bacteria, um, it's actually live in the apple cider vinegar. And the one that says the mother, it has more beneficial properties for us. Um, regular apple cider vinegar is filtered. So it loses a lot of the pectins. It loses the acid, the lactic acid, acetic acid, citric acid, vitamin C, um, beta carotene. It loses all of that. So the vinegar with the mother has vitamin C and beta carotene, which boosts your immune system. It also has probiotics, which are great to help with digestion because of that unique fiber, the pectin that's found in all the fruits. Um, vinegar also helps with GERD, the gastroesophageal reflex disease. Like when you wake up and you're like, and you have that phlegm in your throat, that's, you know, part of that GERD. And I've personally found great value in vinegar. Um, I've had a relationship with acid reflux since ever since I can remember, probably because all the spicy foods I eat. And, um, then when I was pregnant and now when I get older, I've noticed them more and more and I've incorporated and this is a trick. I've incorporated one teaspoon of vinegar with the mother. You put it in a, a teaspoon and you mix it with a little bit of honey and you just take it. And um, I also do it when I have a little bit of sore throat. Like when you feel a little bit of sore throat coming on, you do the exact same thing. And I wake up with it with no sore throat. It's, it's the most amazing thing. So I highly recommend having vinegar in your pantry. Um, the second food that I really recommend you have is turmeric. So I'm sure, um, Grace, I don't know if you've had a lot of experience with turmeric. So it's it's a great food to have. It's one of the superfoods. <clears throat> um, and it's derived from a root called curcuma longa, and it contains a substance called curcumin in it. Um, and it's also been used as an alternative medicine for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And as everyone knows, it has anti-inflammatory properties. Um, it's used as an anti-inflammatory for osteoarthritis. So that's very important. Um, it's also used in psoriatic lesions. I've seen it in India where they take the turmeric, they mix it with water to make it a paste and they rub it on all the psoriatic lesions. What that does, it gets rid of the itching and it helps to heal the lesions. So there's a lot of natural remedies for turmeric. But I guess what I, what I want to tell you is how to incorporate it in your life every day. I usually get the bottle at the supermarket. It's in the spice aisle. It's a yellow bottle. Um, it says turmeric right on it. And um, you, you kind of put a little bit of it. Um, sprinkle it over any food that you eat. Sprinkle it over your pasta, over your chicken, whatever. Just sprinkle it on. You won't even notice it, but it'll give you the health benefits. Um, you can also put it in warm water with lemon, a little bit of pepper. The pepper brings out the turmeric bioavailability, so it helps you your body to absorb it better. So um, this 
these two things are very, very important. Now, remember, you should ask your doctor if you do have multiple medical problems, if you're taking any blood thinners or any medications, because turmeric can thin your blood. So it is important to ask your doctor if you are on any medications, whether you can take it or not. Wonderful. Yeah, and just a reminder for everyone listening that whatever resonates to you, do your part to do your due diligence and check it out and then see how that should be for you, okay? And so that, you know, you really own it instead of, uh, oh, we just heard it from Grace and Dr. Job, so let's do that. So let me share you to you also how I know I, I use it and how others who in my circle use it. So for and the, the, the vinegar is very cultural in most um, Asian countries or developing countries. I still remember that oh, they, we always have vinegar uh, on on the table in public restaurants or at home, and then you they put all the uh, spices like the garlic, the onions, and hot peppers, and soak it there forever and ever and ever. If if the vinegar is done, you can just keep pouring there. And today, actually, Sharon, I I got two big. Um, apple cider organic with mother because i have this uh, big zucchinis and you know you can only eat so much in terms of freshness you can only we're we're gonna think of making some uh zucchini cookies and and bake bake some bread but we'll be away next week and you know so so i said oh i'm gonna ferment not, it's not a real fermentation but i'm going to kind of and it's not a real pickling but i'm just going to put small slices and put it inside and then let it let it stay there so i'm like gonna soak it then i saw so that's one that i use that vinegar then it is again you know when you add something like for those also who may have a little bit of uh, lack of appetite right you put a little vinegar, a little lemon, and then it brings up your appetite. So in, in, the, in the movie, in the documentary film, in the Netflix, there's this movie called, I think, Flavorful Origins. And it's just so interesting how they keep um, fermenting through with the, some, sometimes they put rice vinegar, but, you know, but just the traditional way. And that's good. And, but in terms of, the, the the education that I got from the, the biological dentist is sometimes we also have to be careful about the vinegar. Like, and I don't overdo it because for your teeth, it will affect your the enamel of your teeth. That's why some good nutritional supplement companies, they make that apple cider vinegar some some preparation that they put it in a capsule. Nevertheless, what Dr. Jog is saying that it's really well known for your um, GI tract and, and, and other things, okay? And so then for the turmeric, yeah, um, you know, other put that directly, the fresh one in their smoothies, in their soup, and they is a food coloring without people knowing that it's healthier than just food coloring, but it colors you food there. And the the one thing that I learned 
also is sometimes you have to check your your source because when it stays too long and like if the bottle of the uh, of the turmeric is like too old in a container or in, in the direct in the sun because it has a natural oil it can rancidify also so you know those those are just the key things that for me but it's beautiful thing plus you you have always keep keep garlic all the time at home right <laughs> oh yeah oh my god yeah but you're right about the vinegar and enamel that's a really good point i, I know a lot of people that dilute the vinegar in water and then oh, they I like it. It. <laughs> it doesn't taste great but um that, that would protect yeah, it yeah so, so there are ways to be careful for for that yeah uh yeah so uh, oh, okay. Um, let's see. Well, continue, continue your. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the the third thing that I wanted to talk about was movement. Um, and you notice I said movement, and I didn't use the e word. Exercise, exercise. I didn't use that word. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we all know and realize that we have to move our bodies to stay healthy and happy, and our bodies give us incentive for moving. You know what that incentive is? It's the happy hormones, the endorphins that give us a feeling of really high happiness. But I know that most of us, including myself, I think at times, but how how do I fit all of this in? Like, how do I fit the exercise in? I'm already struggling with trying to find, now you first, you asked me to find time for myself. Now you're asking me to find time to exercise. I mean, how am I gonna do this? Now you you have to find time to eat. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, and I'm not gonna lie, this takes effort, but you can do it. And the way to do it is to start small. Don't sign up for the 5K or the healthy run next month. You're not going to do it. You're going to stress yourself out, and then you probably won't do it. You'll beat yourself up for not doing it, and then you're back again depressed. Don't do it. Start with five minutes, 10 minutes. You have to start small to make it stick. If you need to take out a little bit of time in your lunch break and just sit outside for five minutes and listen to the birds, and it's not funny. I'm serious. Listen to the birds. Listen. That's very important. Add it to your more. Add it to your regimen. If you need to take time at your lunchtime at work and walk around the block, do it. In fact, in several Japanese companies, they make it a point to include exercise as part of the daily work. They include it as part of your job. They want you to exercise. So it's important that we take that time. So. I know I spoke about finding 20 minutes of mindfulness to create balance earlier. You can create that balance and mindfulness while you exercise. You can do both at the same time. Use that time to take a walk. Use that time. You don't have to be on the treadmill and start big. You can start small. Just take a walk around the block. That is also exercising. Just walking and moving is important. And all I want you to do is start listening to yourself. Just start making time for yourself. Once you do that and you start to move, your body's going to get stronger. You're going to want to do more. Your endorphins will start flowing and, you know, you're going to be in a better place and a healthier place. Um, so I guess what I want to say is I want to bring it all together. I want to talk about how we can put all these parts together. We talked about movement we discussed mindful eating and we talked about balance. So creating a space and a time just for you is the important take home here. Once you put yourself first, 
you will start to exercise more, you eat mindfully, you'll start to do your own research as to what's good for you, not, not good for you, depending on your own body. And you'll have, and you have to, this is what you have to do, is start to have a conversation more openly with your doctor. If you have multiple medical problems um, and you're on a few medications to control like your blood pressure or your diabetes or cholesterol, you can and you should ask questions about your health and your blood work. So when you get your blood work and you see something off, don't just listen to the doctor, ask questions. What does it mean? You should take charge of your health. You have an absolute right to ask questions and take control of your health. And as you start this journey to better health, you're gonna notice that you may not need certain medications anymore. And many of my patients who started on their journey to better health and happiness, they've come back to tell me how being mindful has changed their lives, how they've reduced their dosage on certain medications or have completely stopped taking medications because they've changed their diet, they've changed their lifestyle, they've started working out. So, you know, remember what Grace said, it's within you. You have the power to change yourself and to change everything about your life. You just have to listen. And how you listen is to take time for yourself and allow your mind to be open and free. And so one of the things that I've, I didn't mention earlier was how do you do that? She, in one of her talks, she had a great thing. She let us go through a breathing exercise that I absolutely love. And she said, remember when the thought comes in your head, you let it you think about it, let it sit there and then let it go away like a cloud passing in the sky. Just let it go. And remember to, you know, be mindful, just create that space within you because you have the power to induce any kind of change. All good uh, tips and all good uh, suggestions. And, and also I remember that when you, are mindful in in eating that's also like a gratitude practice because you know if sometimes we just kind of get busy eating and, and we don't even we forgive and forget how good it tastes and then you know it also promotes or activates our parasympathetic phase and in most most of you you have heard that our body has the power to heal. Well, we have to give our body the chance to heal. And that parasympathetic phase of our central nervous system will be the, uh, a key to really doing this healing thing. And when, when Dr. Joe said about movement, uh, well, you can't beat that because that's really for our immunity, for our immune health. You, the lymphatic system, you, there, there is the key is to move, to move in whatever way, whatever form that fits your style, even uh, you know a, a short time. So I took care of a uh, this week, Joan, uh, Sharon. I took care of a, a ninety-something-year-old man, and he didn't—he didn't need much. So there are times that I can sit down, right? But I can feel my body that it needs to move. So I find a way to get up again, check something. And it's not that I was restless, but I just know that I had to move some movement, and you know, and then, especially during that time when 
most of the businesses. I remember in 2020, when most of us were not encouraged to go outside, you have to do something, right, inside a house. So for what in this day and age, when a lot of people are worried about, you know, how what they're eating, how they're eating, and then all this fear that they're they're, they're about what virus here, et cetera, et cetera. What would be your best suggestions for them to protect themselves? From COVID and all these viruses out there. You know, I know we talked about balance and mindfulness. We can't completely protect ourselves from all these things. They're in our world. They're in our, you know, they're around us. What we can do is make ourselves stronger. It's like Grace said, you need to improve your immunity. You need to do what you need to do to, you know, make your immune system stronger. Of course, you know, there's the vaccination and there's so many controversy about that. But if you are somebody who has vaccinated, that will protect you somewhat. It doesn't mean you won't get COVID, but it means that maybe you won't have as many symptoms. Um, of course, boost your immunity with the foods you can eat, you know, um, beta carotene, um, these kind of things will improve your immunity and make you stronger. Even exercising, exercising will just make you that much stronger. I know I had a page, I had many patients during COVID who weren't moving because most of my patients are older, um, who come to a podiatrist and I have a few patients who unfortunately their family wasn't seeing them. They were not moving or they were in the nursing homes and just sitting there for months and months and months. And, you know, they developed something called venous stasis where their their circulation was not working as well <clears throat> they were swelling on their legs and their feet and they would ask me well what do i do and i said well you just have to move you know you have to create time to just move even moving your calf muscle up and down it pumps it the calf muscle itself will pump that blood up your leg up and down your leg and our bodies are meant to move <clears throat> we're not meant to sit in one place so i think you know we can't to answer your question, we can't avoid anything, but we can hopefully do what we can to increase our immunity, to be healthier, um, to be more clear in our minds and um, allow our bodies to self-heal and to be stronger. And the only way is for that balance to kick in and we have to allow that to happen. Oh yeah, I strongly agree. And we can only, you know, listening, get, getting advice, asking help from others is one way that you can keep yourself uh, strong. But the bulk of the work is really in each one. It's in every one of us. Okay. So, so when you're you're by yourself and you're doing stuff, okay, you know about good food or good exercise with this mindfulness that Dr. Sharon. Joe was telling, but are you doing it? Are you practicing it? Are you, are you really um, honoring it? And all of this matters to how we live our life day to day. It's not like okay, on, it's not like only when you're scared. Okay, so that's another thing, right? So when you know all these things and you practice all those things, you won't be as fearful. Uh, and well, let me just say again, back to the feet. All I know is that when some, I know someone who's always had like an ingrown and, but when that person paid attention more to increasing their minerals, 
intakes through their food, through their supplements, through their drinks. And also uh, you mentioned about being outdoor and like to enjoying the sun. It seems like that, uh, that, that issue of having a lot of ingrown diminished. So see, oh, that's why it matters a lot for, for uh, you, you see a podiatrist like Dr. Job, you'll, you'll know that you're not just, she's not just gonna talk, tell you about your feet. So you have to be ready for that good conversation. <laughs> yes. and we do, so, we have great conversations. Who's your favorite, who are your favorite um, patients to come to you? The, the, is there like a particular group of um, elders? Because you mentioned about it's mostly elders. Uh, tell yeah, me, my, tell us your worst story and your best story. <laughs> oh gosh, which one do you want to hear first, good or bad? <laughs> well, well, oh, the bad, the bad. The bad. <laughs> well, though, the worst probably was someone who came in and had an ingrown and I said, oh, what's going on today? How are you feeling? How can I help you? And they said, well, why don't you tell me you're the doctor? <laughs> I think that's probably the worst. That's, that just starts the conversation off wrong. So, um, you know, but the best is when people are open and they're willing and they, you know, most people want to have more time with the doctor. I think that is missing in our society. I feel like doctors just don't have time for us anymore. I mean, even when I go to the doctor, I feel like I'm rushed. Like it's a business, you know, come and go, come and go quick, quick, quick. And, you know, that's part of the reason I went part-time is because I, I want to spend more time with my patients. I don't want to, I didn't want to own my business because I thought it was very difficult to, you know, have your own business and want to practice the way I practice and still, be able to pay the bills. You you just can't do it in this in our the way our the medicine is structured and the way it's structured in this uh, in the United States. But um, you know people want to talk. They want to get the bigger picture. You know they want to share and and understand why this is happening. And and I I'm so grateful I'm able to be there and listen. I think that's the key. I, you know in my practice I feel like I am there to listen. And, and a lot of times they have the solution already, and they'll actually come and and figure it out with me. So that's the fun part. Okay. Now. Um, it, it's interesting, really. I never really thought that yeah, young people never go, they never go to a podiatrist. I guess maybe only if there's an accident or something. No, I get a lot of young people too, but mostly elderly. Um, a lot of young people actually come. Um, many who have type one diabetes. Many kids, like you said, who get fractures or sprain their ankle, warts are big because they're immunocompromised, you know, so they're able to, they pick up the wart, or especially in the summer with the whole, you know, swimming and things like that. Ingrown toenails are huge. Uh, heel pain, you know, so there, of course, yeah, we get a lot of people with, but more trauma, you know, more like okay. overuse and trauma, but the elderly and the older patients are more um, long, like, systemic problems, you know, diabetes, blood pressure, ulcers, um, all that, circulation problems. So it really depends on what, you know, the age category and what they come in for. So what's your future plan then for your whole practice? 
So like I was telling you, I actually sold my practice. So I am working part-time at, at a friend's practice um, whenever she needs me. And I am going back to school. So I'm going back to school as a social to study social work so that I can hopefully bring some change, you know, to um, some medical protocols out there, especially in the senior communities and the senior centers where I met you. Um, you know, there's a lot of change that needs to be made. Um, you know, but right now I'm really enjoying working. I'm volunteering right now at um, NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. <clears throat> Mental illness is a big, um, you know, issue in today's society, especially after COVID and everything. So I'm having an uh, interesting time learning how to answer the suicide hotline, the helpline at, the, uh, at NAMI. And um, I'm learning a lot, you know, so it's really adding to my experience, my education, and I'm a forever student. I'm always going to keep learning and adding. And uh, yeah, and I'm interested in what, what you're doing as well, the quantum nurse. And I, I, I definitely want to talk to you more about how to get into that or un understand and learn about that myself. Yeah, me too. I'm forever learning because there's just so much that we, you know, seem to be, seem to be coming to us when I guess when you're ready to learn more than information or connections just come. So, but wow, I'm very impressed because the, the patients or the people you who you will be meeting in the future will be so lucky to have a doctor who is a holistic doctor and then also going to be a holistic social worker or whatever is that position that you're going to end up with. <laughs> oh, yeah, awesome. Let's see where life goes, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, awesome. So uh, anything more that you want to emphasize or share? No, but thank you uh, for giving me this opportunity to speak at your um podcast. I really appreciate it. If you want to follow my posts on Facebook, I have, like she said, or Grace said earlier, I have a Facebook page at Lifestyle uh, Changes for Health and Happiness. Um, so if you like, um, please like my page. And you can always contact me. The contact information is on that page. If you need help controlling your life, starting on your new journey to health and happiness, you can always um, email me or, or send me a message through that page. And uh, likewise, I'm very pleased and very honored to have you and meet you, Dr. Sharon Jog, at uh, the Lifestyle for Health and Happiness in Facebook. And also check her out on in, in Instagram. And I, the Instagram, I will put the link in the post notes as well. And always remember that uh, if you have to go to a regular physician, there are really physicians who are different from most other physicians. So if I would be you, I'll choose one who is leaning towards the lifestyle that you want, okay? The lifestyle that you want. If you have to travel a little bit farther, it's worth it. Trust me, it's worth it. And currently, it's all about building relationships with um, practitioners who resonates to your, um, to, to your lifestyle and who resonates to what your whole being tells you in terms of your health and happiness. So share this and do continue to follow us and 
she'll be back again in the near future. So if you have any more questions, just feel free share that. Thank you. And I say in the name of the um, eternal source consciousness field and first eternal life creation as, as co-creator and as um, beings made in the image of the eternal source, we are grateful that we are able to do this from a distance and to reach all of you wherever you are. So peace be with you and source bless.